everybody. This is Maria Pesson, founder of For Women Over 50, a podcast that speaks with women around the world who are over 50 and doing some really great things. Ordinary women like you and I, not celebrities, not politicians, but people from all walks of life making their next act be their best act. And today I am so excited because I have someone who I've been friends with for many years. We do business together in the fashion industry. Her name is Janet Howard. Janet, why don't you say hello? Hi, everybody. It's Janet here. Super happy to be on this podcast. And we're happy to have you here. So, Janet, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? So I have, (laughs) so funny, I feel like I have so many different lives. However, I always say that um, I'm only really good at one thing. I am a clothing designer and um, I have been in fashion pretty much, um, it's funny to say, but my whole life. I I am a member of CFDA, which is the Council of Fashion Designers of America. And um, I have, I swear I was joking, so I feel like I've worked for so many different people in the industry, uh, uh, notably, uh, probably one of my, my, my biggest acts, as I would say it, is I worked for Levi Strauss for, gosh, for about 12 years. I was a sort of a grown-up there. <laughs> I, had, um, I was vice president of design for, very, for many, many years of those many years. <laughs> and I also, they um, slated me for... I was creative director for my own collection. So I'm probably, I think the only person that can say Levi Strauss was my backer. Kind of cool to say that. And um, I did, I know it was like a a dream and it actually came true. Um, They approached me. So I did a women's contemporary of a high-end collection for Levi's. um, And they were my backers way back in the nineties when everyone was doing sort of career wear. And my contemporaries, I would say, would be like Kenneth Cole when he launched his line. Mm-hmm. Levi's wanted to come out with a women's contemporary collection that would sort of be his, uh, and he would be in the same arena as Kenneth. So that was super exciting. Um, prior to that, I had my own line and was, again, to Maria's podcast, an entrepreneur for pretty much most of my life. Um, I've won a bunch of awards, bunch of Designer of the Year awards. Um, and um, gosh, then creative directors for a myriad of companies all over the world, pretty much. So a couple of those. Uh, uh, Guess, I was creative director for Guess Collection, their high-end um, line. High-end, I say in air quotes, of course, because you know it is Guess. And those guys are characters, and it was wonderful working for them, and they're, it's a very interesting story to work there. I was also creative director for a French line. I worked in France for a very long time called Bisou Bisou, which, funny oh, enough, it's good. Yes, I remember them. Oh, my God, remember them? They yeah. were hilarious. They were... A, a, you know, a crack and a half to work for. They're hysterical. Um, that's where I learned my very broken French. Um, I was also creative director for um, a big uh, company in California called BB. I think they closed their stores a few years back. Um, they were a hot brand for such a long time. Really hot. Brand. When I worked there, we were really hot. We were we were slamming busy. They had stores all over the world, traveled the world. Um, that was, that was, that was quite a ride as well. So, you know, I've been, um, I've worked for all the crazies and, and so the wonderful and craziness and madness, uh, 
as it comes with the fashion industry. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's sort of a- Sounds like you've had an exciting career. <laughs> Tiny nutshell, I've done movies, I've worked with a lot of famous actresses, I've- Oh, um, really? Well, name two that you've worked uh, with. My two favorites who are nice, because not all of them are nice. Um, uh, Renee Russo, I did a, oh. a huge couple of movies with Renee. She's delightful, delightful. So um, what does I, that mean that you did movies with her? You dressed her for the movies? I dressed her. I, I custom made um, all of her, all of her clothing for, um, uh, remember the movie Tin Cup in the 90s yes. with Kevin I uh, every that movie a lot. I do too. It's funny, right? Everything in the movie um, I designed. And wow. um, it's funny because she has, uh, between you and I, she has kind of a little tiny bit of a funny sway back. So all of her patterns, I'll never forget looking at her patterns in my pattern room, yeah? And all of her patterns had Renee Russo on it and everything had to be custom made because she has a, a very particular body shape. She's drop dead gorgeous and couldn't be nicer. So she's, I love, loved working with Renee. She's just delightful. Probably my, my second one who is the nicest person ever and the most beautiful human being is Halle Berry. She is oh. the sweetest, yummiest, like nicest, uh, just human. Like you, she's just delightful and warm and inviting and zero pretentious. So um, I worked with Hallie um, a bunch too. So those are probably my two favorites. I've worked with others um, that are not nice. So we're not gonna talk about those. We're gonna talk uh, about the nice Lucky ones. for you, you've had some career. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even know some of this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you worked with movie stars. I did. There, that was just a couple. Um, I've done a bunch of work because you know when you when you live in California, um, uh, a lot of people reach out to you. They see your work and um, they uh, you know reach out to you and go, "Hey man, I'm doing this movie. Really like what you do." It's their usually their stylist or their um, costumer, and they're like, "Hey, can you do X?" And then my always answer is, "I'm usually." It was so busy. I was running. I was running two companies. Janet Howard, my very high end young. Um, young designer line and then my miscellaneous which is my tr you know true contemporary sort of funky line. I had two lines huge staff a giant building 20 sewers five pattern makers and you know and then trying to do a movie and they'd approach me I'd be like no I'm too busy but then they were so nice I'd be like all right I'll do it so <laughs> wow so, yeah I'm learning things about you I didn't know <laughs> so uh yeah so that's just uh kind of kind of how sort of some of the fun, crazy stories of LA, which brings me to, you know, now I live in New York City, um, downtown, downtown girl in Soho, um, and uh, running around, you know, the streets of New York. It's always been my dream to live in New York. You know, California's, it's funny, New Yorkers always want to live in LA, and LA people love New York, so we always, grass is always greener, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I actually really like LA, but I never wanted to leave my family, so I never Aww. moved out there, but I nice. do like California quite a bit. Yeah. So Very. you just have been an entrepreneur almost your whole life, even working for someone, you ran businesses. So you've had a lot of experience doing that. But particularly since, you've, um, since you're over 50, you started a new business. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So I'm way over 50, actually, I'm 60. Um, weird. I don't feel 60. <laughs> I still feel, you know, it's funny. We always feel a certain age. I literally always feel like I'm 25. Funny, isn't it? So back I to you feel that way. <laughs> I wish my body felt that way. <laughs> <laughs> 
for some unknown reason, I don't know, maybe um, I'm super lucky to get some good genes. I, I don't, uh, I don't feel my age at all. Knock on something, find me something to knock on quick. Um, <laughs> so our current business, I, um, we have a company, um, I'm married to a really great person named Kim and she's hysterically funny and smart and interesting. And she and I own a company called the Martini Factory. And um, that's one of our companies. We have a few. And um, kind of what I think the, the impetus or the, the inception of kind of how, how it happened is, gosh, so many years ago, um, uh, I was doing a bunch of projects, you know, working on my own, designing, making stuff. And then all my friends kept coming to me and going, hey, man, can you help me make this? I have, to, I have this project. I don't think I can make it. And I'm like, okay, what do you need? So I started helping people with their projects. Someone wanted to make a scarf collection and my other friend wanted to make a, a shirt line. Someone else wanted to make a pant line. And I was like, so I started doing this. And then Kim was like, wait, I think there's a business here. And I was like, you're kind of right. People need help in all types of ways and all over, you know, all over the world. So I have clients all over the world and they reach out to us. And so we're like, wait, let's start a company where we people can come with us with their idea and they don't need to have any experience like half of our clients were lawyers and housewives and a dentist and all different kinds of backgrounds and be like hey you know i want to make i want to make a, a, a collection and i have these really great ideas so we were like cool so hence since then the martini factory is born we people come to us with any idea. I want to make a bathing suit line that is completely reversible. We worked with these wonderful ladies in LA. I loved them. Um, and we, you know, did a huge project with them for years. An ex model came to us. Uh, ex, uh, I mean, she still models, but she's not, she's not, you know, 14 anymore like models are nowadays. But her name is Agnes Dean, very famous. Um, she was the face of Calvin Klein, the face of Armani. Um, most notably, she was a, she did a huge line for Doc Martens uh, for them, and then she was like, "Gosh, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. I don't, I don't. I'm tired of working with these big people again, entrepreneur." And she said, "Can you help me?" And I was she was married at the time to a famous actor named um, Giovanni Ribisi. I'm sure I don't know if you've known him or not. Um, and they were lovely, lovely people. So we worked with Aggie. Gosh, and she's a Brit. So the funny things that come out of her mouth, we would just laugh all day because she just she's uh, Cockney, so she's not you know proper like the Crown uh, British. Uh, she's hysterical, so we loved her to death, and we worked with Agnes creating this huge collection. Gosh, we worked with her for I want to say five years. Her biggest uh, client was Netta Porte. They bought her every season, and they loved her. And she was you know Vogue featured her. I mean, her line was a huge success. So. The only reason we're not still working with Ags is she um, wanted to become a mom and um, didn't want to work as hard anymore. So um, that's just one of our little, uh, I would say, our um, success story. Success stories, yeah. That's great. So what inspired you to become an entrepreneur besides the opportunity? You obviously have that headset and, you know, a lot of women who would like to start a business after even though they're over 50, maybe especially because they're over 50, they want to have more control of their lives. Um, what inspired you to become an entrepreneur? Gosh, it's on so many different levels. That's, that's uh, you know, such a great question. 
I found myself, even when I was, I was younger, below 50, not so long ago, well, 10 whole years, it's <laughs> a long time. I, um, I always found myself making a lot of money for a lot of people. And I saw, I was like, wait, I have all the talent. I have all the ideas. I'm making all these companies so much money. You know what? Wait a second. I can do this on my own. So even when I left Levi's and I had this huge job, you know, VP of design, good parking spot, you know, corner office, all the trappings of, you know, whatever that looks like. And I walked away specifically to become an entrepreneur because I really just wanted to make my mark on my own. And again, you know, uh, not answer to um, a bunch of sort of old white guys, no offense, but it's funny, you know, Levi Strauss is run by an entire team of sort of older older white men and they and it's it's not erasing it i'm being funny actually i mean i'm um caucasian I'm, I'm it's silly we just always joke about that but it's um it's funny you, i just sort of wanted to do um just be on my own so i gave like gosh almost a year's notice they so didn't want me to leave but i, I just i just really wanted to be an entrepreneur so i took my golden egg and went and opened you know my own business so are you glad you did extremely glad very glad. I always say when I work for companies, I always say it was golden handcuffs. And I wanted to not have the handcuffs any longer. I wanted to be on my own. And then at a certain level, when you're way high up in the corporate ladder, as you know, Maria, you, you, you feel like you're, you sit in boardrooms all day. You become so unattached to the reality of fabric and design and the passion around it and the excitement of seeing like your idea come to life. Mm. So you just sit at a boardroom and they, you know, and you just, you, you feel like your whole life is scripted when you're at that level and, you know, at, um, that large, you know, $3 billion company, um, you feel like you have no, no say really. So That's I mean, the thing that bothered me about yeah. other people is that they used to mess up my businesses. I know. Like, like I knew what needed to be done and yeah. they didn't always allow me to do it. And they hurt my businesses by not allowing me to do I know. what needed to be done. So it's really, you know, it's a shame. It was really sad that um, I had two really successful businesses that I ran for 25 years and both of wow. them were like ruined by the, by the owners of the company. So I just didn't want that to happen anymore. I wanted to exactly. be the captain of my own ship. And if I make mistakes, they're my mistakes. Yep. They're not anyone else's mistakes. And I have to tell you, I've been working on my own now for the last seven years, and I could not imagine working for someone ever again. I know. I remember the meetings. I mean, just the, the litany of like these dreadful meetings that were just drawn on and on and on. And I found myself in these meetings uh, drawn, you know, designing all over the handouts, <laughs> sketching and drawing in the handouts. And at the end of the meeting, I'm like, why am I sitting here? I'm so bored. I have to, there has to be another life besides sitting here in these boardrooms. Has to. Yeah. So well, luckily I was more um, meat and potatoes. Like I was in the trenches. Um, yeah. I didn't have corporate meetings to go to. So, I mean, I did, but it wasn't, you know, over the top. It was just, you know. Yeah. So I was lucky that way, but I'll tell yeah. you, not having the control when you know what to do is very, it's very hard. I know. I very agree. Hard. So what do you attribute your success to? 
Oh, my goodness. Um, I am a bit of a sassafras. I um, am never afraid to speak my mind in these, in uh, the, all the situations I've been in in my life. I am not afraid. I always used to joke and say I'm man trained because you know, <laughs> you know, I'd always be in you know the room with um, all these guys from all the companies I worked for, from Guest to BB to. It's funny. You would think that the fashion world. We, you, I, I know it's changed now. However, back then it was always led by you know all all men, right? Yeah. I was never afraid to speak my mind and never afraid to, I was just not, I was just not afraid of them. And I think a lot of the uh, women in the, that I worked with and women in the room, they would be so nervous to say anything. And I'd be like, Hey guys, no, like you, I'd be like, mm -mm, yeah, unfortunately, no, no. sometimes that becomes a problem. They don't always want to hear what you have to say, but yeah. I always tell it like it is. Yeah. I, mean, like, I just told the client today, I said that, you know, she needed to do something, and if she didn't do it, I didn't think she was going to make it. So, you know, you sometimes they, you have to really be honest. I mean, I, I'll never forget sitting in, in, you know, meetings at like, you know, and saying, "Hey, guys, that color palette is not going to work. Like that, that you just can't do that." I mean, I'll never forget um, uh, when I worked at Levi's. <laughs> one of my designers, he was actually my men's design director, comes into my office crying. I'm like, "What's going on?" Literally physically crying i'm like he's a, he's a guy well he's you know gay guy but that has nothing to do with it however he was emotional i think he's a great guy great very creative so he comes in crying i'm like what is wrong are you okay he was like the merchandisers changed the buttons on one of my shirts I'm like, <laughs> and that's what he's crying over uh-huh <laughs> like, like honey you do not get to cry over buttons go back to work we're good you gotta have a thick skin when you're a designer so, the is you gotta have a thick skin as your designer. That's probably part of part of my success. And I've al always been um, I'm a tad bit of an overachiever, um, and I'm not afraid to be a leader. I mean, I'm just absolutely not afraid to uh, be an overachiever. You know, say say what's on my mind. But yet, and, you know, with that said, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a I'm not a nasty person. I think it has to be tempered with emotional intelligence intelligence as well. Like to feel, you have to be show empathy and know, show people that you care and you care about the work they do. And you have to be a nice guy. I always say, I was, I always, I'm known for it actually. When my designers would come to me and they'd be like, you know, when they, they present to you, right? Cause you know, big design staff, right? And they come and they present your mood boards and your fabric selections. And I, I'd be like, okay, okay. And they'd always joke because they know I don't like something. I wouldn't be mean, but, I, but they always joke and go, yeah, we know you hated it. When you say, I'd be like, okay, um, that's not my favorite. They know not my favorite <laughs> means I can't stay. I'd be like, I oh, always said something favorite. like that too, because you want to, <laughs> you got to, to some extent, be careful with designers because you don't want them to lose their ability to create. And if you totally. include all their designs, yeah. and so you got to be open to what they have to say. But on the other hand, you have to guide them. And For so sure. I know exactly what you're talking about. You have to have empathy and you have to, you have to have a, a very large quotient for EQ, emotional intelligence. You know, I think it's super, super important. Um, uh, so I'd probably say those are the two things maybe that, I don't know, <laughs> gave me an answer. Those are two really big things. So I think that that makes a lot of sense that that would have been an attribute yeah. um, to your success. So good for you. I'm going to change gears for a minute. I want to talk to you as a woman over 50 and what it's been like for you and how you are making your next act your best act. 
Oh, loaded question. Um, it was funny this year um, turning 60, because I was like, wait, wait, how did I turn 60? How's that possible, right? I know, that doesn't happen to us. It happens to other people. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. How can I be sick? I thought, wait, how, come on. There's something wrong with this number. and It's, it's not right, right? So I think that, um, uh, I think I am more inspired maybe at 60 than I even was at 50. I think that um, I'm more inspired to learn something different. I think I want to learn a new skill. I've been thinking, gosh, you know, I've done this, this, this design thing for a bit, right? Let's try something new. I'm learning that I want to learn, I'm obsessed with um, interior designing funny oh me too not that's that i do much of it but i'm a hg fanatic that's 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 sebastian having some fun with the, a toy i um i'm obsessed with learning new skills not funny like I, I i really want to experiment and and learn something um i have a, not a next act i'm very comfortable with with um my my talent and all the stuff I know, but I, I'm, I'm ex extremely inspired to learn something new. Isn't that funny? Either interior, I would love, I would get an interior design degree, not a problem. And, or, because it goes hand in hand with fashion, you know, it's fabrics, it's color, it's shape, it's, you know, it's a uh, wall color, it's, you know, uh, window treatment. Like I just, I just, I'm obsessed with it weirdly. Um, oh, I also have a showroom in New York. Um, yeah. That is just stunning. I mean, you put that together <laughs> beautifully. Thank so you. She's so got the taste level definitely to do it. <laughs> oh, you're you're too 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 kind. I also have two houses. Um, I always say I, the only reason we have two houses is so I can just keep decorating. And we're considering getting an apartment in London. I'm like, oh yippee! I can get another house to decorate. That's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to I want to learn a new skill. I think it's important. And I also want to I love to um, sharpen up uh, another language because I've speak you know spent an enormous amount of time in Italy. And in France, however, my Italian is so choppy, it's silly. I can just order food and, you know, basically paid cab. And, and my French is a little bit better. However, I would love to absolutely master and have a wonderful knowledge of conversational, either French or Italian. So those are, those are the two, two skills that I think would make me want to make my next act um, uh, something different. Yeah. I'm studying um, French right now. No I studied in school when I didn't really learn how to speak it. Yeah, they don't teach you well in the United States. I know. Language. But I'm taking this thing on Duolingo. Have you ever heard of them? No, but I want to. No way. And I've been doing it for weeks now. If you, you like do it, then we could talk to each other. Duolingo. I'm going to yeah, look it I'll up. I have to check it out. Because, um, s'il vous plaît. Oui, madame. I love, I miss, I miss speaking French. I mean, I, I, I just learned it just from spending a lot, you know, living in France for like three to six months at a time. So when you're there, they always say, when I was there, I would start dreaming in French. So when you start dreaming in French, then you know you're, you know, immersed. So, yeah. I, well, I have not started dreaming in French. <laughs> I'm still at the beginning of my journey here, but I am learning. Um, I guess I've been doing it for about a month now. Oh, c'est magnifique, madame. Be, um, wait, très bien. Ah, merci. And I actually could do better than that, but I was just on the spot. It's okay. I know it's rough. <laughs>
my worst thing is my French is like, okay, just to get by. So I faked it in France, right? So I'm in Paris. And then I, they think I speak French because I spoke like, I don't know, 20 words, like very well. My accent's pretty good. So then they'd come up to me and start speaking to me conversationally really fast. And I'd be like, oh, I'm so busted right now. <laughs> I speak French a little. I know. Well, it's great to always be learning things. And I think that's something that keeps us young. I believe so. And uh, it's definitely worthwhile to be learning things. I mean, I read a book not too long ago about physics. So there's so many things that that's I cool. learned just to learn about them and just to understand them. Yeah, I agree. That's a really great part for you is looking to do yeah. that. 100%. I'm also obsessed with history. Like I love anything. I love the history of anything. I, I'm literally obsessed with history. Like I was uh, Smithsonian. Me too. Totally whatever. obsessed. I'm obsessed with history. I don't know why. Just love it. Love it. Yep. Love it. I'm the same way. So I want you to tell me a story about a woman over 50 that's inspired you in your life. <laughs> you got it. I think I would say my... I'm still friends with her. My old boss at Levi Strauss, she was the president and she was the first woman in the history of the company, uh, 125 some odd years that ever held a, you know, very high uh, position. And we're, her name is Bobby Silton and we're still friends to this day. She is probably the most wonderfully warm, smartest, incredible uh, woman uh, that I've been my mentor for, gosh, wow, 20 plus years, aging myself, but that's okay on this call. Um, she uh, has since left then, she was the president of Levi's, she left and went to Gap, where she was the president of Gap, and then she oversaw all of the philanthropic arm, their arm called Red, they did a bunch of work with that. Um, and she's the most calm, uh, zen person I know. She was, uh, she hired me uh, for my own collection with Levi's. And we, she's a, the tiniest little, weeniest little Japanese woman, love her to death. She's probably like well, five one. And she's so calm and so smart and so soft-spoken and just this, this, this energy, that this quiet flame um, uh, and she's smart and thorough and drove me crazy and I love her to death. And she is so successful. She recently, uh, she works with the white house for not for the past administration. We won't name names. Um, the prior administration, um, uh, on, uh, women in the workplace. She is on a multitude of boards. Um, and you know, we're still friends, keep in touch you know, uh, talk on the phone. She's just one of my wonderful, wonderful mentors and um, probably one of the smartest people I know. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's She's great, great to have someone like that. Oh yeah, she's a mentor. If I get stuck on something, I, I'd be like, Bobby, can I run something by you? And she'd be like, absolutely. And I'd be like, you know, I kind of need, I'm stuck on this and what do you think about? And she, probably one of the only people that actually really physically thinks before she speaks. She's calm and thinks, she speaks, and when she speaks, you know, everyone listens. She's, she's a wonderful human. So I'd say her. You know, they say that you're um, a combination of the five people that you hang out with the most. 
No so way. If you work with high quality people like that, you become oh, wow. more. I would agree with that. That's a really interesting statement. I always used to say, um, yet your friends are a direct reflection of who you are as well, you know? Mm hmm. Sorry yeah. about that. Door yeah. closed. So if you um, were to say that you have some superpowers that you didn't have in your 20s, what would they be? Mm -hmm. My twenties, uh, probably no fear. Yes, we lose that, don't we? Yeah, no fear. In your twenties, you have you're scared of everything, and you know, if, again, back to you're afraid to speak your mind, afraid to step up and be like, and be uh, the first to say, um, I don't believe that, or I don't believe you, or I let's, I believe we should do this. Because it always bothers me when people say, well, don't do it like that. I'm like, no, 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 no. Well, what do you recommend then? You can't just say you can't do that. If you can't do that, then what, what do you say? What is your recommendation? Not just like, no. And then my other thing, a part of that, I always say there's no bad idea. My superpower would be to identify when people are like, oh, no, that's a bad idea. And like, no, 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 no. You know, there's actually literally, there's no bad idea. So... I'd probably be my superpower. Okay, so no fear, open to new ideas. What would else my superpower be? Um, I'm a really good cook. No, I'm kidding. I'm being funny. Um, actually, my wife's better cook than me. Um, well, the fact that you work with your wife and live together <laughs> is probably a superpower. <laughs> we still like I don't think, you know, I'm divorced, but I think we would have been divorced even quicker if we you know, worked together. We, and we still like each other, funny enough, because um, that's huge. Um, um, gosh, it's so hard talking about yourself, isn't it? Um, boy, I know. Maybe one of my superpowers I think that I didn't have in my 20s. I have a very well-developed uh, uh, um, sense uh, of style and a very high level of taste. So I would say that one of my superpowers that you cannot possibly have in your 20s because you haven't been exposed to the world would be a high taste level. And um, I would definitely count that as one of my superpowers, 100%. That's yeah. wonderful. I mm -hmm. have to tell you, I have really, really enjoyed having you podcast <laughs> today. And I learned more about you than I did than I did before. And we know each other for several years now. Yeah. So um, it's been great having you. So I want, if somebody wanted to reach out to you and perhaps hire your company to do their production and their fashion business, how would they find you? Goodness, we are at the, themartinifactory.com or my direct email is themartinifactory at yahoo.com. So we are... Um, yep, super easy. Um, we always joke and say, you know, we call it the Martini Factory. It's funny, we don't even really drink martinis, but we just thought the name was nice. <laughs> it's a cool name. I, I, I used to drink our martinis, but then one night I had too many. Uh -oh. I got sick as a dog. I haven't had one since. I haven't touched it since. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, Maria, thank you so much for having me. It's been absolutely delightful. Um, we had a good giggle. We, we, you know, had some serious stuff. And um, I, um, I think, thank you so much for asking me. I, I really appreciate it. Oh, I'm so glad you were on. Thank you so much, Janet. And we'll speak soon. Have a good day. Thank you.